Welcome to another episode of Wicked Smart. I'm your host, Lucas Bean. I got my co-host over here, Brad from NFT Now. What's going on? We have a special guest today, Mariana. And uh, Mariana, and also a uh, guest up here is Patrick, another really great artist in the space as well. Both of these guys are amazing. She just did a drop recently. So we're going to talk a lot about that today. I really want to hear more about that. I just want to say hi to uh, Brad real quick. What's going on, my man? How you doing? GM, man. Just uh, slowly, slowly coming around, too. It was my birthday oh, yesterday. What? So How come I didn't know about your birthday, man? My birthday was on, like, what was it, Sunday? Seriously, dude? Yeah, man. Yeah. So we're both uh, Aries. A couple of Aries, Aries baby. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. Oh, oh yeah. That's awesome. So I'm moving a little slow, but we're getting I didn't there. know it was your birthday, I'm bro. Should have thrown, thrown me an update or something, man. Nah, as you get older, they're just kind of birthdays. What are you, like 72 now, 73? I can't remember. Like 76, Ooh. 77, You're something like that. Yeah. You're getting up there. Yeah, dude. You got to work on that. Mintify, what's going on, man? You've been really quiet already. We uh, On this part of the what? show, Mint Mintify does. I know, man. It's weird. You, like, you weren't talking. You were just like, what's going on? You just turned the music off, bro. <laughs> dude, don't come at me like that, man. <laughs> You're too close, man. You're too close. Hey, so real quick, man, what's going on with you? How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, I'm still getting used to your voice. I can actually uh, hear your voice. You don't sound like you're 25% louder and a robot anymore. It's so good to like know what you sound like. It's like if I meet you in person, I'm not going to be expecting like a, you know, C3PO over here beeping and bopping and stuff like that. It's literally going to be you. I'm gonna be like, yeah, hey, that wouldn't be such a bad thing. See, refused to. Yeah, but you can't really understand them unless you speak robot, bro. So I'm glad to hear your right. voice. If I'm coming to NFT NYC, which is, you know, looking more and more unlikely every day that it rains in LA. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's so awful the rain here. Mintify, why don't you uh why don't you do our our uh our daily report real quick? Sure. Yep, let's roll through it. The 24-hour Ethereum volume, 17.5 million, up 5.1%. Solana, 2.9 million, down 5.4%. This was a little surprising to me here. 80 ETH for CryptoPunk, 234. I would have thought with that token ID, it would have gone for a little bit wow, more. Wow, that is a low number, right? Right, yeah, I thought so. What was it? What did, do you know what it looked like? Uh, I don't remember. I don't have that right Bro. in front of me. Uh, get, but your, get, still get your shit together, man. Let's <laughs> get sorry, together. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the top gaining index top 20 metaverse actually up nine percent pretty big for an index led by metacongs 0.74 eth floor price up 10 percent other side this i believe just yesterday or two days ago this was at like it must have been two days ago point uh 1.3 or so now it's 1.9 up 10 percent on the day just about and worldwide web land 0.225 eth floor price up four percent the top losers, top 100 social, actually up 0.1%. None of the indexes were negative today. There no, were wait, some, not even uh, fear some, and greed? I, I didn't get Oh, okay, sorry. Yet, but no. <laughs> I was like, wait, I, I was I for that don't one. Think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think fear and greed was negative. I'll, I'll, I'll have to see in a second. Um, but for the losers, for top 100 social, Digi Daigaku Super Villain Potions, 0.15, 35% down. AO Panda Party, 0.38 ETH down 16%, and Supernormal, 0.295 down 15%. Some interesting market updates. NFT Inspect was acquired by JVH Technology. It looks like they aren't going anywhere. Wow. Homebase. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, kind, of, it was kind of expected because it got so much traction. And it yeah. got so much traction in the space. And then they're like, oh, we're shutting yeah. down. And I'm like, what? So they must have got it on a fire cell or like some kind of like really, really good deal. It's usually how it works. Yeah, it's nice to see them uh, sticking around. They definitely bring some quality stuff sure, here. I agree. Um, next, home base sold a tokenized single-family rental property on Solana for almost $250,000. Binance uh, USD, BUSD sees over $500 million in outflows following the CFTC lawsuit. Lido will incorporate transferable NFTs into its Ethereum unstaking process so people could sell their... Um, the rights to claim that uh that that staked staked ethereum and uh french financial prosecutors raided major banks alleging that they took part in a scheme to avoid paying taxes 
and the market stats coming up to your your favorite fear and greed. The global <laughs> crypto market cap, 11, $1,185 billion. Bitcoin dominance, 46.2%. Bitcoin open interest, $7.9 billion. Really getting close to that $8 billion. And fear and greed at 57 for today. With uh, crypto on the highs right now, at the very top of the consolidation, Bitcoin 28,360 up 5.3%. Ethereum 1,800 up 3.5%. And traditional falling long, 4,011 for the S&P, up 1%. So that is all for today, and thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, my man. You know, one of these days, we're going to have to get, a, we're going to have to do a show that's literally walk us through each one of those elements and what they mean. Because there's a lot of things that I think a lot of people don't know. They're just like listening and going, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And they actually don't know what it means. <laughs> that's, that's that's Absolutely. I yeah, I was going to say, why don't we do, it's not going to be tomorrow because I don't have a show tomorrow because I have stuff, I have a lot of work to do. But Friday I do, and then Monday. You know, why don't we, do, why don't we shoot for this, mon this coming Monday? You down for that, dude? Uh, yeah, that should be All fine. right, cool. We're going we're to do an extended segment on Mintify's update so he can actually teach us what some of these things mean, and I'm looking forward to that. With that said, Mariana. Let's talk about Mariana. Patrick, what's going on, my man? Mariana, what's going on? How are you? Hi, how's it going? Good. Thanks so How much for hosting today. <laughs> it's absolutely my pleasure. What is going on with you? We want to hear all about you right now because this is how the show goes. So you're on the hot seat. You're on the oh, hot I love it. seat. We I want to know. <laughs> we want to know your. I love. I love that you love it. This is good. I'm wondering. Uh, do you, you? I want to know your origin story. Like where you came from. How you got into like blockchain art. And then, you know, moving forward, like what your plans are for 2023 and 2024. And they don't have to be crazy. All right. So don't feel too nervous. I'll, I'll feed you the questions anyway. So but <laughs> okay. let, why, don't you give me your or, why don't you give me your origin story of like, hey, who are you, Mariana? Tell us. So, yes, um, I am also feeling sad in the L.A. rain right now, but right? it's less rough for me because I was born and raised in New York City. So. Hey, I'm from Connecticut, and I the reason why I left <laughs> is because it rained the 30 days, the literally 30 straight days before I was like, okay, I'm out of here. This settles it. I am moving. <laughs> so I so feel you. I tried, <laughs> I tried, like, over since COVID basically like spending more and more time in Cali over the winters. And I finally was like, that's it. I'm moving. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. But yes, I was born and raised in New York city, um, to both artistic parents and both experimental artists. Um, so my dad is a pianist and composer and voice teacher. And my mom is a theater maker, a director and theater teacher as well. Wow. And yeah, so I grew up in a very independent, experimental, community oriented um, artistic scene, you know, as as a kid, as a baby, like the joke always was with my family that I could sing before I could speak language. Nice. <laughs> um, so I definitely feel rooted in music um, and art, but I've also have this um, special experience of seeing how artists and young artists, since my parents were teachers and especially through Tish at NYU, a lot of college students, seeing how young artists navigate the larger scene and the larger institution. And like, I made a choice at basically around college age that I didn't want to pursue acting as my main, um, cause I also used to act very <laughs> multidisciplinary career. Yeah, I, look, I looked at here. your, I, I checked out your Instagram and stuff like that. I, I did a little creep and make sure I had my yes, research done. Yes, we so. love it. Hot seat, let's go, <laughs> creep away. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I made the conscious decision to focus on music because I saw the culture surrounding actors in the States, um, and it just felt pretty toxic to me, um, very kind of rooted in competition and a lack mindset where like there is one part and it is me versus you versus a hundred other people. And it, that's, a, that's definitely America. <laughs> yeah, right. But if you if you think about it in its essence, it doesn't actually have to be competition in that way. Like if the director is going to give the role to someone because they look like 
their ex-girlfriend or they don't look like their ex-girlfriend or whatever, that's not up to me. And my like feeling competitive with another actor isn't going to change that. Um, but the culture, the larger culture itself, um, kind of dragged me down. And I just decided, no, I want to focus on music because at least in New York, um, at that time, the independent music scene was a lot more supportive. Like, Hey, if you make it, we all make it not like we're all going to make it like that kind of culture, but like your come up helps me come up and I'm happy for you a little more on the compersion side of things. I don't know if anyone here. That I, word? I know that word and I, I absolutely I absolutely love what you just said like everybody can make it together collaborate together you know eventually it'll be your season right even if it's not your season today could be your season two three months a year from now but either way we all win together I pinned up a tweet sorry I don't mean to cut you off but I pinned up a tweet that literally says this so uh it's literally the same thing no one has to lose for you to win you can we can all win together so it's definitely something I believe in 100 percent it's awesome. I love that so much. You're allowed to use it. It's pinned up. Thank you. you. Re reuse it all you want. That's what the internet's for. It's for theft of ideas okay. and building upon them. <laughs> <laughs> happens to me all the time. <laughs> yeah, I I do feel that though. Like um, letting go of of uh, too much of an individualistic view on things. Like I appreciate the individual. I have a lot of ambition. That's something that's personal to me. I know I'm gonna bring my unique touch to any art that I make, any collaboration that I join, even if just I'm visiting a friend and I see a show and I'm like cheering in the audience, that's my touch, I'm adding to it. Yet also, um, if we kind of zoom out a little and think about things through a more macro lens, how do we want to influence the culture? It's hard to think that, um, just think about that through an individualistic lens. We, we're, humanity is a very social creation and um, we're affected by other people. We don't live in a void um, yet. <laughs> um, and so it's always been important to me to kind of see trends in society and um, see how I can try and like help the pendulum swing in one direction <laughs> versus another. Um, so yeah, I, I ended up majoring in social psychology in college, which was kind of random, but I had that brief moment of like, what if I didn't go into the arts and had like a quote unquote normal person job? Um, and I chose psychology and social psych because it was just endlessly interesting to me. Um, and though I ended up doubling down on music and creativity, I definitely keep all of that knowledge with me and I'm always trying to see how I can be, you know, the nail that sticks out <laughs> when everyone's um, Ouch. following the same direction. Yeah. I think that's, that's one of my life callings for sure. I like it. Uh, do you, do you uh, play tennis? Cause I noticed like a bunch of like photos of you playing tennis and stuff oh like that. Oh my God. I'm Are you a tennis player? <laughs> Whenever people see that, because I'm a tennis player, shoot, <laughs> it was just for a shoot. Um, the photographer reached out to me, but whenever someone sees that photo, they think I'm like some semi-professional tennis player. I played tennis probably like five times in my life. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It was fun, but I'm pretty trash at it. <laughs> you know, it's just like everything else; it takes practice. You know, so definitely, definitely, and I. I have a, a lot of a lot of mediums that I'm very interested in, and so tennis is probably pretty low on the list of what I would practice, um, at least in the next year. But um, you'll come to learn about me. I'm, I'm a very, I try to be pretty fluid um, in my thoughts, and so I'm open to, you know, my personality making a lot of changes in the future. And who knows? Maybe I'll go, maybe I'll become like a <laughs> a tennis advocate for. I have no idea, but anything is possible. Right? Anything is possible. Tennis is actually a, a quite a fun sport. Like it gives you, you, I think you forget that you're actually playing a sport and it gives you such a good exercise. You don't even realize until like afterwards, you are like, wow, I just burned like a thousand calories playing tennis for like 30 minutes. So I, I don't play enough, but especially because it's raining in LA like every day now. So. But I'm glad to hear that you're not, I mean, I'm, I'm not glad that you're not a tennis player, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, you sound like a, a renaissance woman. You're trying, you're trying basically everything and you're trying to see what sticks and what fits and stuff like that and where, where you find 
you seems like you've actually stuck it pretty good and found your passion here with like art and being, you're just a creative person because you were raised by creative parents. Yeah, definitely. Um, I am a, another joke amongst my friends is that I'm genreless. So even within my creativity, and even if I choose one medium, which is music, and focus on that for a second, I still um, kind of throw all the paint at the wall. Like, I never felt um, constricted by a specific genre, and I've collaborated with musicians and artists from very, very different genres and find an essence of truth. Um, in creating the song and I felt like why would I limit myself based off of what someone in a random institution told me <laughs> right um, and yeah and we end up with a punk fusion track re recorded on an eight track cassette tape recorder like I would have never anticipated that for myself when I was in college but it was so much fun creating it and it felt so real and raw and that music just came out of me very naturally and it was a response to you know feeling really trapped in the system sometimes and like where does our agency go you know it's so deep <laughs> most people don't think like that like most people aren't self-aware and they don't go wow like this is we are literally trapped in a weird we're preached individuality as kids and then forced into conformity as adults. And like, where does that end? You know, I totally agree with you, by the way. I, I'm ready for that, that, that tweet, as, that quote as a tweet for me. <laughs> I, I've tweeted it. <laughs> I love it. I mean, that's definitely why I was intrigued by Web3. And I, I remember you asked me that question earlier and I hadn't got to it. Um, what brought me to the blockchain, um, I was collaborating with Segnon, who is another musician and producer in the space. Um, I sent I sent him this space. If he's awake, he'll come through. <laughs> that's a, that's a, a bunch of my musician, LA musician homies don't necessarily always make it up in the night, 9 a.m. <laughs> but um, I was collaborating with him on a project, Chasing Destiny, that's out now. And he was kind of drawn into it through Latasha, through Jaw. Um, so I know some of my music entity homies that are in this space right now, shout out to y'all. <laughs> um, I know you all know who Latasha is. Um, uh, she is an incredible musician and she was the first female rapper on the blockchain. So she kind of pioneered music on the blockchain and music NFTs. Um, her with Greg Newman were the first um, rappers on the blockchain. And yeah, she ended up creating Zorotopia and I ended up helping out IRL at every festival that they put together. Um, and it was strange for me, again, like a weird cultural anomaly. I think that's just something that <laughs> will always be present in my life. Um, but I met most of my Twitter friends in 2021, IRL, because I was helping out at Zorotopia. Whereas, you know, I was curious about it. I was listening in clubhouse spaces back in the day when clubhouse was a thing. Um, very curious about the technology and what that could imply for the culture of the space. Very, very curious, um, very like philosophically invested. Um, but being the type of person that I was, I wanted to kind of sit back and observe and then support IRL because that my favorite shit is showing up IRL. <laughs> <laughs> Come to learn that about me. Um, so I made all my Twitter friends IRL after they had all met through PFPs and handles. And it was interesting because they were like, oh, like, do I know you yet? I'm like, no, you don't. But like, we're meeting right now. <laughs> and then from there, um, just kind of saw all these musicians figuring things out, trying things, experimenting. 2021 was a beautiful era for NFTs, for Web3 and, and for music too. Like a lot of possibilities um, came about and there was a lot of hope and there was the bull market and things were just really fun. It felt like, you know, the moon was, you know, people say to the moon, but it felt like that was even like small goals in some way. Um, and then 
I started to notice, and people say this came um, with the bear market, which I understand. But part of me thinks that this kind of, the seeds of this started before that. And um, it was just people starting to conform rather than experiment a little more. Um, And we'll see as like onboarding starts to happen a little more and there are new artists and new musicians coming in saying, oh, how the fuck does this NFT thing work? (laughs) Like what is Web3? Um, And in answering those questions, I think, which came from a very uh, pure hearted place, um, I think people started to say, well, this is what has worked. These are the patterns that we've seen work. Um, And so people just kind of adopted those patterns without bringing the spirit of experimentation in as much. Um, And so then we start seeing kind of formulas come out and people following them and then we see trends, right? And then as soon as people are used to being like, okay, well, this is how you do a drop. You do a Twitter space and then you um, like, you know, merge with a platform and then you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And it felt culturally starting to feel kind of similar to patterns in Web2 that I was trying to break free from. And for me, it is less about the individual trends or individual pattern. And it's more about a freedom of choice um, or just like access to plurality and options. Um, that's something that I will fight for till the day that I die um, in, any, in any setting that I'm involved in. Um, and that's why I was like very, very drawn to Web3. It felt like the technology itself was preaching decentralization, transparency, privacy, and individual sovereignty, which to me meant artistic sovereignty, which is what was lacking in most artistic um, Web2 institutions, especially in music. Like um, America in particular with music, artists are, musicians are just being exploited from day one to day done. Um, And we talk a lot about that happening in web two, um, you know, being paid in quote unquote exposure or, um, just deciding like, I will put all of my energy into trying to get like 0.001 streams, like cents per stream from Spotify or hoping to go viral on TikTok and be part of the whatever point percent of people that go viral on TikTok. And then that doesn't even ultimately translate into, into financial compensation or tours. Like it's just playing someone else's game because everyone else is playing it. And that never really made sense to me. And you got to um, build your own TikTok. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> right. I love this answer. <laughs> Now is definitely the right time, though. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep on that. It is. It's definitely the right time. In theory, you you kind of are. That's what blockchain kind of allows you. I mean, it's not just blockchain. Just in general, if you're selling direct to consumer, like your own music, your own art, if you have an audience, if you have leverage, if you have distribution of your own, you could be famous in no time. It's just that you rely on these other avenues, these other channels, basically, to, to make you famous. And when you, when you rely on somebody else to try and do it for you, you end up with the same kind of results that everybody else ends up with. It's tough to, it's tough to find signal in all this noise. You know what I mean? Like there's so much noise out there. So many people tweeting and TikToking and, and Instagramming into the, the void. And then how do you become, you know, not everybody knows the strategies, knows like the skill or has a skill set of like, you know, leveraging those platforms to like, draft reach off of other things you know so i don't know it's tough because for me like that's my expertise is like drafting reach and like building like social impressions so i mean there is definitely ways to leverage those tools and each one of them is a tool like a hammer or a pair of pliers you know what i mean or a shovel stuff like that like all of them are tools so hopefully you know there's a way 
that you could leverage these in order to get your exposure. And the cool part is, I think at least, social media. If you learn, if you use how, if you use it correctly, the combination of Web two and like what they call Web three or blockchain is leveraged. It's like literally ten x of what you used to be able to do. Like, like with Web three, it closes the value gap where you can make a piece of art and close that value gap you could have gotten probably over like three or four years in the regular market. And you can get it in like sometimes 24 hours, seven days, 14 days. Like it concatenates that window of time where you get, you close the value gap. And then on top of that, what web, the web two tools um, allow you to have unlimited reach, unlimited free reach on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, if you leverage those the right way. So you have like, instead of like 150 or 200 people in like a, like a gallery or like a, like a, you know, you're showing your painting in like a small studio of like 150 or 200 people that go through and see your art or like can hear you like in, in like, let's just say a, a venue, you now have the ability to reach hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people with your, your art through social media and then you close the value gap with the web three tools that gives you the value that you can actually ask for yourself. So if you want to make, you know, $200 per song you sell, right? You have an unlimited distribution of like hundreds of thousands of people that could actually have the potential to hear your song. Or if you play a venue of 150 to 200 people, that's your venue. You know, that's your, that's your reach. So I think the internet's like super powerful. If you leverage it the right way and I'm not saying you're not, I'm just saying a lot of people, you know, they get, they, it's tough. It's, it's really tough to stay up on like these tools to leverage and, and create what you're looking to create. And, you know, for most artists it is. So hats off to you. And what you're doing is like, I think is amazing. I've, I've, I've looked at all your content. Like I said, I do a lot of research before I, before I have somebody on here and uh, it's amazing stuff. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about this. So how did you make your way into this category? Cause you're a super artistic all over the place in a good way, by the way, very good way. You're, you're literally experimenting, making small bets on your creative like outcomes. Like, Oh, let me try music. Let me try acting. Let me try psychology even, which by the way, it's definitely not a complete science. It's a science and an art. So what are where, how did you get into this? Um, before I answer your question, I just want to, um, co-sign what you were saying about the tools of social media and blockchain. Um, I love thinking about all of this as tools because I think the, just thinking about it, like some symbolically, we evolved to use tools and we create tools and we evolve with them. And I think the the operative idea is just that we don't get used by them. Um, and that's how we retain agency and how we continue to evolve. Um, I even feel that way about AI, but we don't have to get into that. Um, and then building value um, is something that I, I really love about blockchain and this space. And I think that sometimes in like getting swept up by um, patterns and trends, um, we lose the larger picture. So I really love you bringing that up. <laughs> but let me get back to the question. Um, when you, do you mean like this song in particular? Or did you mean like my way of experimenting with genres in music in general and um, on the blockchain over the past couple of years? Yeah, I want to know how you found, how you found blockchain to like now create a new path for you to monetize all of this artwork you're doing and it doesn't matter if it's like music to me it's it's art right music is art music is my uh, people are you know people go to church and people you know what i mean they do all these sorts of things like music is my church you know what i mean like i love listening to like all sorts of music mine is country by the way do not play country for me um but other other than that i like love all types of music so it's like as soon as i have like a stressful moment or a stressful time or i feel like i need to unplug music i have playlists i have a playlist for that and i think that's it's like music's one of the most powerful things and i think in our world in our society for sure i don't think people value it as much as that but you know in the moment they do and they're like oh let's burn this song out real quick and play it five thousand times and then never listen to it again 
if good if it's good music, they listen to it spirit. You know, they listen to it. You know, as many times as they want, of course. But sparingly, to me, I don't listen to the same music every single day. I take breaks on playlists just so I don't burn out songs that are just so amazing. And you know, timeless songs don't burn out. So, how did you find the? This yeah. is really random, sure. but my sister figured out a way to deal with the burnout of a song. Tell me how. Because <laughs> pitch it up or pitch it down slightly. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Such a musician hack, and it's so random. But she loves listening to a million songs. She's also an incredible musician, and we actually have a band together. Nice. Um, yes, it's called Sibling S Y B L I N G. When are you playing in LA next? Um, sibling is an NYC based band, which makes things complicated because I am LA. I was just gonna say, I'm like, <laughs> you live in LA, do you like sing over <laughs> Zoom or something? <laughs> no, I, I basically whenever I'm in New York, and I did move here recently, so we're um, almost done with an album. Nice. But whenever I'm in New York, then we we work on that. But yeah, um, I agree. Music is such a visceral art form. Um, you. Like, I feel like it comes from before birth, where the first thing you heard was your mother's heartbeat, which was like a drum. And then any sounds are filtered through and feel like a bass. So it's like you got bass and drum before you got life, <laughs> basically. Um, it's so visceral. You can, you know, up the BPM and people are going to change the way they move. Um yeah, uh, music is so spiritual to me. <laughs> I agree with you a thousand percent. Um, yeah, I mean, coming coming onto the blockchain and thinking intentionally about how I want to move, it felt important to me to be intentional because everything is published on the blockchain. Like, it's been something that I want to incorporate into my life where I can stand behind any action that I make. Um, just because that's, that's who I want to be. Um, that's how I like to read people as well. People can say pretty words, um, if they know how to say them, but if they don't move in a certain way, then they're telling on themselves. You know? So true. I love that you, I love <laughs> that what you just said there. I agree. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think we see that when we, when we're, you know, the larger Web3, um, just Web3 at large is affected by these ruggy, <laughs> these like ruggy cash grabs and stuff. And it's like, okay, well, you could look back on the blockchain and see the actions that they made and probably have predicted the way they would move. Um, and so it's just felt extra important for me to kind of double down on that. Um, and be really intentional about every move that I make. So I started with a drop on Zora because of the whole Zora fan. Um, well, how, did, well, how did you find, how did you find blockchain is the question. Like, how did you find oh, it? Because to me, it's like, how did you make your way here? Cause for me, it's, it's super obvious, right? I've been in the tech space, startup and tech world uh, for 20 years. And it was just, a, I mean, blockchain to me is just another layer of technology on the already existing web. So think of it as like, you know, a road being built, right? And there's train tracks, there's roads, there's, you know what I mean? Like there's all sorts of like tracks being built, there's bike paths, you know, all sorts of stuff being laid on the internet. And this is just another road to me. Um, you know, that actually, you know, is, is advanced enough to like, like basically prove ownership and that's cool, but blockchain doesn't solve all problems as well. So I, I just wonder, like sometimes like people find ways to the, the blockchain part of the internet. And I'm just wondering, like for you, it makes sense because you're an artist and you can definitely monetize better, uh, you know, with blockchain and sell your own music or it feels, at least it feels empowering. But I think, I think it's more than that. I think you're, you've already been empowered by the internet. And I think blockchain was just an easier way of, I almost feel like it builds confidence in people where it's like, wow, I'm selling my song on blockchain and now you can own this. And once you sell enough of those, whether it be art, music, whatever it is, uh, video, 
you have the confidence built up that you feel like, and I feel like you, you know, you should already have the confidence, right? Which I think you do, but blockchain kind of like proves it faster. And you're just like, wow, someone bought my song for, you know, $150, $200, $500, whatever, whatever the price is. And on Spotify, I made like 15 cents the like last, <laughs> like last month. And it's like, huh, maybe the world could be more fair, right? Because without the artists, there would be no NFTs. You know, we would have, I mean, don't get me wrong, there would be, but it would be really, really highly technical, like, hey, here's proof of ownership of a ticket I bought for the, you know, the show or whatever it is. You know, there's so many, there's so many practical, technical applications. And I think art and music and movies, um, all sorts of content, I think we're an easier understanding, at least to me, I think a lot of people coming into NFTs in general, they came from like trading crypto and people, it's easier to understand like art on the blockchain and then like buy low, sell high, super easy here. And then it is like looking at charts all day and watching like crypto coins go up and down by five or 15%, like, oh my God, that's so boring. And I don't know, like I, obviously I started in crypto long time ago, but I don't know. I, I just think it is a, I think it builds confidence. I don't know. What, how do you feel about it? Like, do you feel like it builds confidence and it like you kind of like shows you that, Hey, you know, I can still use Spotify. I could still use these platforms as channels for me, but my home base to buy my, all of my music the real deal. Like I'm only releasing this album or this song on the blockchain, would it ever be worth it to you? Or do you want to get it out no matter what on all channels? Because to me, I can see this as, and I don't want to say that, like I can see this as like a, a paywall in a way where, you know, a lot of people put out like free content and then they go now pay me for the, you know, the good stuff behind the scenes or the good song that I, I that's just, I'm just so proud of, like, which I'm sure you're proud of all of it. But do you think, there's some music that could belong on Spotify so you can be discovered, which by the way, discoverability is definitely the, you know, that's how you build distribution. That's how you build the ability, you know, people that already have Spotify can listen to the song. Same thing with YouTube. It's on, if it's on YouTube, same thing with if it's on Apple music. So I'm wondering if there's like a place where you would, do you think there's a, an ability where you'd put music on those sharing platforms and then have music on blockchain and there's certain music that's on blockchain only. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, again, I'm, I'm an advocate for plurality. So I like that everyone can have their own take. Sure. Um, sure. and I, I, if anything, I, I would hope that more people have varying takes so we can see all the different natural experimentation and see how it leads. Um, cause that's what was cool about the beginning of, um, NFTs in the space. Um, for me personally, I, I, I'm like a, a both and <laughs> type of person. Um, so like this track noise, it felt very special to me. Um, it was created in a studio when we had access to this eight track cassette tape recorder and it was very counterculture. Um, we like literally screamed like, what the fuck? We're in America. <laughs> and then, um, we had no plan to release it on Spotify. It isn't, it doesn't kind of belong um, in that paradigm. Um, we were like, maybe going to release it on Bandcamp. And I was like, oh, shit, we should just make it an NFT. It will live in its own world. And it it is, it's meant to disrupt. Um, so to be kind of pointing... Pointing out the lack of music and super rare feels like more valid a place for it to live than um, just one of a million billion songs on Spotify um, that my friends can, you know, they might as well just listen to it for free online. Um, and yeah, I feel different about each project. Obviously, the genres are different. Like I, every project has its own story. And I feel like the release of it and the drop is part of the story. Um, so I, I always want to make sure like form and content um, are aligned. Uh, so yeah, I've always, I thought of Web3 kind of as an incubator 
Um, and so I think the, the way you're describing confidence definitely makes sense to me. It's like, here's a smaller space with all bri brilliantly minded people um, that are ambitious and curious. Um, and so I wasn't, I was not a finance person. <laughs> I learned everything about trading through this space, through NFTs. Nice. Um, yeah, I had one experience <laughs> trying to trade a PFP project and it went so poorly that I was like, you know what, let me just keep focusing on the music and the art because I was not trained to do that. Um, <laughs> But I was, I was like, buy low, sell lower. And I was like, ah, I got it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I didn't lose too much, so I'm happy about that. Anyway, I did, I do, like most artists, I came here um, for the NFTs and was, was just curious about the possibility of the culture and the possibility of a different value system um, and artists being valued um, for their art um, rather than having to, really just like play this game of endless leveraging until you can break through. Um, and yeah, I kind of think of Web3 as an incubator because we're a smaller group and um, it's a lot faster. As you were saying earlier, it's a lot faster to get where you're trying to go, um, automatically interacting with people that um, have access to resources and a wealth of knowledge, which I think is probably the most valuable resource that I've encountered um, since kind of popping around the blockchain crew. Um, and then this ability to, to use all the tools, you know, and just experiment with it and be able to kind of leverage back and forth and create a drop um, and then use some of the funds for that towards marketing in a larger web two sense or um, going back to a studio, like you can kind of build your own um, cycle um, that's more sustainable. And I think that's what we, we lost um, in web two when these platforms got too big and it was really just like play their game on their terms and hope that like big daddy blesses you or whatever. Right. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, I would say definitely confidence. And I think larger than that, it's like access to uh, the people that we all want to be working with and asking questions and learning from and again, seeing how they move. Did that answer your question? It did. Uh, it did in a roundabout <laughs> way. I like it. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if it answered my question. Actually, it was really good. So it doesn't, <laughs> either way, you win this round. <laughs> oh my God, the hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So question is when did so what platform are you using to like mint your music is there like a, a special platform that you use because i know there's like so many of them out there now there was not like a year and a half ago a music platform are you just are you minting on manifold are you are you on another you know music discovery platform for you know nfts so i started um on zora because that's the people that brought me onto the blockchain um, worked on Zora, and I, I liked that at the beginning, um, they were, they weren't taking as large of a percent of the artist sales. They had the lowest, and um, it just felt, it felt like their ethos was something that I could stand behind. Um, so I started minting on Zora. I got onboarded onto Sound and was really hyped about that. So I minted on Sound, got onboarded onto Catalog. So I minted on Catalog. Like for me, it was less about um, getting super hype about a specific platform and more just, again, in this spirit of plurality and experimentation, just trying everything that I had access to um, and seeing what hit differently. Um, and from minting on different platforms, I've kind of noticed that um, a certain platform does have a certain culture and that does actually change um, the rollout and drops look very different and the value looks very different. And um, for me, that's not necessarily an inherent positive or a negative. I just, I really push for people to just kind of keep experimenting so that they can see the differences um, and not to follow and in, fall into just a certain pattern. 
Um, but yeah, I've, I've, my next, I'm going to mint next on Manifold, um, probably through, probably, I'll probably connect it with another platform as well, but goals is to ultimately, um, kind of be platformless or, or continue to look at new and emerging platforms, um, and see which ones move in a way that I can get behind and then kind of experiment with them. I feel like, um, they're, they're fun. They're helpful for discoverability. Um, obviously Spotify is the most helpful for discoverability. That's why we sleep with the monsters still. (laughs) Um, but I don't, I don't really like the idea of um, leaning too much on platforms in general because I think it could be, it could be a slippery slope for us to end up um, back in a Web two ethos, and that is not the reason that I'm here personally. Right? Yeah. No, I, I get it. You still gotta. I mean, I, I definitely think you still have to leverage distribution channels where you can, and if it's Spotify and YouTube or you know Apple Music any of these, any of these platforms are good for, for exposure, for sure. You definitely need to get the word out. I mean, I say this to artists all the time is like, you know, if you, uh, you have art on ETH, that's amazing as you should like put it on ETH. Also put it everywhere else. And it doesn't have to be all of your art. Just, you know, make art for each chain, you know, like object, you know, people are used to like a certain type of art for object. People are used to a certain type of art for ETH. And try to put yourself on all chains so you can be just have maximum discoverability, and you know adjust the pricing um, to what that chain is used to or what the you know what type of art people are buying on that chain. But yeah, I think it's important to leverage all tools so you can get out there, and then you can always you know when you're in like crazy high demand, which you definitely will be, uh, just like everybody, everybody's like really trying in this space. Um, once you're there, then you can actually decide now start deciding like how you want to actually monetize because you're the one that's kind of in control at that point. It's a tough, it's definitely a tough thing to, to chase though. Cause if you think about all the like really famous people that are like making music, imagine their life. It's like literally nonstop. You're always making music. You're always on the run. You're always just cranking out new stuff. You're always on tour. You're always like, there's just so much always. There's like no downtime. And if you do take downtime, like the attention economy forgets like who you are. The, the, the interesting part though, is that music lives kind of like you make a video on like YouTube, that stuff lives way longer than if you tweet, you know, than if you do certain things like Instagram, your video will be there for a little while and then disappear into the ether. No one cares. But on YouTube, you can just keep searching for things and it just pops up right away. So that's how I see music too, because music is very indexable and it's forever. Once someone hears a song, you can't unhear it. And you're just like, wow, that's good. I got to find it. There was a song once, I just got to tell this quick story, but I, I mean, I listened to a song when I was a kid and I couldn't find it for the life of me, but I didn't give up. 20 years later, I found the song. 20 years later, still looking for the same song. I knew the lyrics, but I couldn't find the song. The internet became better and better and better for finding and discoverability. And I finally found it and I was like, bam. So it doesn't leave you. Music doesn't leave ever. Once you hear it, it's just there. It's stuck in your head forever. I mean, at least it is for me. <laughs> A good song you just cannot get rid of. So I think it's, that's one of the most powerful things about music is it just doesn't ever leave you. I mean, like a good movie. Um, yeah, music is super powerful like that. It's pretty amazing. I agree a thousand percent. Right? <laughs> music has legacy. <laughs> music is, and it's like it lives forever in your head. You literally, I mean, music is the most, when the people make that comment, living rent-free in your head, music invented that statement. <laughs> living rent-free in your head has always been music. So can't get a song, you know, can't get a song out of your head. That's because it's that good. So I, I think that's awesome. I look forward to, have you, uh, how long have you said you've been in LA? Have you ever been, have you been to Patrick's, uh, Thursday meetups, weekly meetups? Yes. Um, I went, I went last time 
I've been like have a lot of things going on on Thursdays um, in general, but I went last I think a couple months ago. I like I months really love Iron. Ouch. I, this, Ouch. Is this is something I will be better <laughs> about it. But I like I do really appreciate IRL meetups, and that's why I came through. Um, I love coming through, and that I do. Um, I live downtown, so Venice is a little far. That I will be real. It's never. It's never too far. <laughs> but I'm gonna be coming back around soon. Um, when I get back from New York this next time, for sure, for sure. I love. I've learned a lot from. Um, coming through and the IRL alpha panels and um, just meeting, you know, like-minded people um, there. And yeah, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I always appreciate, um, I don't know why, something hits different for me, IRL. I don't really know how to explain no, you, it. No, you just um, did. I mean, I, I think we all agree IRL is way better than being on spaces like spaces is an accoutrement to like being in real life. Right. So like you can get like 80 or 90% of knowing somebody, but the, when you get the real lock, I, I call it the lock in the friendship lock in is happens in real life. It doesn't happen until you meet in real life. Otherwise they're just a stranger still talking on the, you know, talking on here. And if you, if you don't lock in, uh, you eventually just, you know, it's just never that experience. And uh, you know, when I first met Brad, over here and uh you know i met a bunch of people in real life in 2021 and it just like changed everything so it, it definitely just takes takes the relationship and friendship to like a new level and without that it's kind of fruitless so i do appreciate um the anons out here and like the ability to be involved um um and make connections without having to you know necessarily meet someone irl or reveal who you are. Um, so I really respect that. I just understand that the role I'm playing is, is on a different side of the spectrum. Um, I don't know. I've met, I've yeah. met most of the anonymous people that were anonymous. I've met them in real life. As long as you keep them anonymous and you don't like share their information, IRL, if they don't want you to just, you know, there's an unwritten and unspoken rule. And, uh, you know, I've met a lot of people that are still very active on Twitter and Twitter spaces that are anonymous and I met him in real life and it's been years. So they know I'm not going <laughs> to, they know I'm not going to like rat them out because I mean, think about it. They're being anonymous, not to like, not to like their people that they know they're being anonymous just to these random internet people, you know, like Twitter's a, a weird and wild place where, you know, trolls are born bred and like thrive. And there's a lot of people with a lot of time on their hands to like creep on you here. And if you want to be, and this is why a lot of people want to remain anonymous on here, because it's like, maybe this is their outlet, their freedom to like say whatever they want to say, which by the way, there's good and really bad things with that. You know, like think about it. A lot of these people, a lot of these bad people, as in toxic people on the timeline that decides to want to, you know, post something that's completely ridiculous out of nowhere about you or say something negative. Imagine if they have their real name attached you know, if this was LinkedIn or, you know, they had their real name, they would 99% of the time not say the horrible things they do say. And, uh, you know, that's the good with the bad with being anonymous is that they're not anonymous to Twitter. You know, Twitter knows who they are. They have their cell phone number, their IP address, their, you know, their exact location. I mean, they have their personal information. They have it all, especially if they have a blue check. And I think it's interesting that, you know, people just leverage it until they, you know, there's, I know somebody that's a very high-level professional statistician for a, a hedge fund, and he comes on here and acts like he's 13 years old, um, you know, and he's like in his 30s, and he's like he's literally saying things. That I was just like, I would scroll down his timeline and be like, I cannot believe you actually said this. Like, I can't even believe you thought. Like, you can think this all you want, but I don't even want to know you think this stuff. Like, why are you saying such horrible things to people? And he's like, Oh, this is just my outlet. It's all a game. It's all fun. I'm like, It's all fun and games to you. But to the person you're, you know, hitting up with these messages, there's a person behind that profile, that, that PFP. So got to be careful what you say on here. And you got to be careful, like the anonymous people on here, you know, they just, that's the reason why most of them do it is that they don't want to, they don't want their employers or whoever to know who they are because it would ruin them in real life to hear if someone's on a Twitter space and saying horrible things like people, 
and they were like under their real names, they just wouldn't be themselves. They wouldn't, you know, be able to express themselves, I guess you could say, which in a way it's good and bad. Like I said, it's, it's definitely interesting. I met, like I said, I've met Anons before and they said horrible things. And I was just like, man, dude, like, why did you say these things? Like, what's wrong with you? You're a professional. You run like a big company. And like, I was, I thought you were like an 18 year old or like a 20 year old by the way you talked. And he was like, no, anyway, back to you, back to your music. Let's get, let's get, let's get uh, centered here. So you're in New York now. You're going to be back. Oh, I'm in, Go ahead. I'm in LA, um, but I'll be back in New York just for some recording. Um, NFT NYC and I'll get, go there a little early for some recording. Oh, nice. Some That's pretty cool. So this Thursday you can actually make Patrick's event. All right. See you there. This Thursday <laughs> I'm shooting a music video for like 14 hours. I was joking. Did you see what I mean? Things just like tend to come up and then I'm like, damn. Well, guess like, what? There's another, there's another Thursday <laughs> next week. So there you go. I, I actually have another thing to do this week too, which t is such a downer. I was totally going, but I actually have my own events that I do too. So I, was, I have one on Thursday as well. So I get it. It's, it's, uh, we all get busy, but you know, the good news is maybe you could like have the place where they, we meet up, play your music and stuff like that. That would be pretty cool. Right. Definitely. Definitely. I will be back soon. It's just like sometimes soon ends up being longer than I think, but it's been a little too long. So I'll definitely, I'll definitely be hitting it back. Um, when I'm back from New York um, after NFT NYC, I'm hype. I love. I love. Like sometimes I do take a little, take a little while. Um, like I know people talk about burnout a lot also um, in this space, and I've always kind of tried to protect myself with that um, and just distribute my energies where it makes sense. Um, so I won't always just like be hitting the same event every week all the time and like being at the center of a of a group of a social group that's just never been who I am so I like try something out and then if I vibe with them then I come back and I come back but it's like not every week because I always have something random that comes up or I gotta have a studio session or like this week I'm shooting a music video so it's like oh well you know I'll, I'll catch you next week or like oh whoops I guess I'll catch you next month but like <laughs> I'll definitely be back and when I do come through it's like with love and um and it's sweet because when I do come back around everyone has these really cool updates and I'm like oh my god like you did all this shit since I last saw you like um and that's just really fun <laughs> for me um yes yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely be heading, heading um, these spaces again, these IRL spaces again soon. What's the song you uh, that you're you're releasing that you want to tell everybody in the audience that you have uh, coming out, or that you just minted last week? I guess you you minted it. Was it last week or this week? Um. Well, noise was the most recent song that I minted on blockchain. Um. I have a song that's coming out on Spotify on Friday called Want to Know um, with Manic Phase. And I'm shooting a music video for what will be my next, you want some real alpha? <laughs> my next uh, mint on blockchain is going to be the single from the album with my sister. So that's um, my band Sibling, S-Y-B-L-I-N-G. And that single radio um, I'm shooting a music video for it this, this Thursday and Friday. Um, I don't think I'm going to mint the music video. I kind of want the song to be, um, minted and then the music video to be a web two thing. Um, but again, I, I'm like trying to think each song is its own, its own process and its own story. Um, but yeah, so I got a few things on the horizon. <laughs> Sounds like it. I'm always... Always got multiple pots on the fire, as they say. I like it. Yeah, I don't mind the, you were saying like musicians, artists and musicians, especially like they're always doing something, always doing something. And if they don't, then they're losing out on the um, attention economy. Um, I think a lot about attention. I think we are living in an attention economy. And I think beyond that, attention is one of the most important things that you can gift to someone. Um, I agree. Sometimes it's life changing literally. Um, 
sometimes it's death changing. I feel like I needed to make that explicit. Um, and then, yeah, it, I feel like that's also the reason why I try and kind of zoom out, hit a lot of different social groups um, and uh, try and keep a perspective is because then I think you can pay attention to things that not everyone is paying attention to and you can learn a lot from that. Um, but yeah, I also see some of my my music homies in the audience. I kind of wanted to give a shout out to them. Black Dave and Frankie, Sam, Adrian, Cam, whose birthday also was yesterday. So you and Brett are, are Aries twins. Really? <laughs> um, uh, my, yeah, birth, my birthday Drew, was Sunday too, so boom. Aries, Aries for the win. Right? Burn shit boop, boop. up, fuck it up all the way. <laughs> Back in my day. No, I, don't know, I turned 102. I looked really good for my 102nd birthday. <laughs> you sound really, really, um, really lively. Sprite, sprightly? So. Do I sound sprightly? There you go. Exactly, kicking. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I, I've definitely learned a lot from um like when I the first time that I met everyone IRL I remember Black Dave was there and was already a a big voice of um talking about attention paying attention to what what not everybody else necessarily is and then in like alchemy turning that uh philosophizing into affecting culture um he's always been uh, an inspiration for me in that way um like patrick does for for i feel visual artists in this space as well like we need we need more people that are not afraid to speak their thoughts um and pay attention to things that um you know the masses aren't necessarily speaking about uh so i wanted to kind of highlight shout out black dave down there i don't have co-host abilities but if i did i'd add you up <laughs> Yeah. Well, he can always come up, but you know, we are actually, all right, we have three minutes left. I actually, we're going 10 minutes over today just for you. Um, so we have three minutes, we have three minutes. Yeah. We have three minutes left and let me know, like, what would you, what do you want people to know, like take away from this space right now? Okay. (laughs) Most important things, most important things to me is agency artistic sovereignty and uh, freedom of choice. I think we need to have plurality of options in order for that to be possible. Um, We can't, you know, we ended up with monopolies in Web 2. Let's keep experimenting so that doesn't happen in Web 3. Um, And I think really be intentional about the actions that you make because ultimately that's your legacy. Um, Yeah, and treat treat yourself, this is the last little thing. This is good. (laughs) Treat yourself (laughs) the way that you would a loved one. Nice, I like that. Be kind, basically (laughs) be kind to yourself. I like it, as you should. I agree with that statement. A lot of people have a hard, I I have a hard time with that a lot because I'm really, competitive and also like I guess you could say ambitious so it's tough to like not you know when you make a tiny mistake it's tough to not be hard on yourself so definitely definitely if I wouldn't say something to you because I value your feelings I shouldn't be saying it to me so exactly um I think that's that's when um things get a little twisted out of proportion and you kind of step out of your purpose. Um, but yeah, like we're all doing the best that we can and let's continue to inspire each other to do better. <laughs> I like it. And where, where, when's your, uh, so where do you want people to find your music right now today? How could they make the biggest difference for you? Um, you can check out my website by visiting my bio here on Twitter and there you can, pre-save my next drop on Spotify, but also just tune in. You'll see there's a lot of different projects that I have going and reach out to me. You know, maybe one inspires you more than another. We can chat about it. Um, I'm really here for all the above, all of the above. I love it. (laughs) And, and, um, yeah, tune in. I'm really, really grateful that, 
I was here on your Twitter space show and it was a really fun time. So thank you so much for having thank me. Thank you. Actually, it's more like you came in and you're like such a spot of positivity and light in the space. So I appreciate it. Patrick, for, thanks for connecting us. Like this is the kind of stuff I love right here. Having great conversations with just like happy, just great people. So I appreciate you, Mariana. And I think you're going to be really successful because you're so positive and, uh, you know, you bring a lot of light to the space. So appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> we should, we definitely got to meet up at, pa at Patrick's, one of Patrick's next events for sure. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Now I'm extra motivated to be like, as soon as I get back the next Thursday that I'm back, just show up like <laughs> as proof. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm very, I'm very hyped for that. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm a fan. I celebrate your whole collection so far. So looking forward to meeting you in real life. That'll seal the deal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, with that said, I don't know. Let's see if we have any, I see if, I think someone's coming up that maybe ask a question, but let's see. Let's see. Med I, I just wanted to vouch for Mariana really quickly, um, if that's cool. When we're talking about, like, when she was talking about seeing how people move, well, she really does move, even if she's not in the show. I saw her show up to Secker Factory, very, you know, supportive of all the performers that were there. And uh, Latasha was there that night, you know, the founder of Zoratopia on the panel. There was a bunch of other awesome people there. And, you know, and... She didn't have to come, but she really just brought that genuine spirit of support to um, that wonderful after party at Secker Factory. And her music is dope. I've already heard it. So you guys go listen. I like it. Great shout out. With that said, that's like the perfect segue. I'm going to drop some music and thanks for everybody coming out today. And again, thanks to Mintify for giving us the update. Great software. This is not a paid promotion at all. These guys are just partners with me to like give updates it's a pretty amazing software, so go check it out if you want to check it. It's a pretty great CEO as well. And obviously the guy that's running the Mintify account right now is a pretty nice guy. Like I look forward to meeting him in real life. So with that said, thanks for coming out, guys. And I will see you guys on Friday at 9 a.m. Uh -huh.